1: This is the Busted Open Podcast.
2: You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on
1: SiriusXM XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast, a very special edition of the Busted Open Podcast as we go back and listen to all our interviews when we celebrated Pride Month here on Busted Open. Something that's near and dear to everyone's heart. That's part of this show. And we celebrated with some amazing guests that we're going to share with you right now. First up, we have indie sensation Effie, who joined us with myself, Hall of Famer, Mark Henry, and Thunder Rosa right now on the Busted Open Podcast.
3: Talking about diff- being different and being and accepting yourself for who you are, Effie is that kind of person that has accepted himself for who he is and has represented being queer, being gay in a such an, an a prideful way that I I am so happy that he's my first guest because last time I saw him live, he was at Wrestling Pimpinella, who's one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Like Pimpinella came out and he, yeah, he's an exotico. and We can talk about it later. But Effie is one of those guys that is making a difference in the wrestling business for who he is and is bringing people together with him and is upbringing them. And, and it's it's empowering them so with that said
4: God. effie
3: is in the house
4: cheering <laughs> yeah. up here during pride month this is incredible <laughs> well thank you and i'm glad it came across as a little different I've, I've always kind of approached wrestling from my own little brain force and i think that there are more people jumping on the train of like hey it, it might seem weird to you but when you get it out in front of actual people, people who are around us, they might actually be into it. And I've found a lot of people that are into it. And I think we've, I've gotten to work with a lot of talent. I mean, we did our fourth Big Gay Brunch, like you said, in Dallas, where I got to work with Pimpinella Escarlada, which was like a dream come true. <laughs> yes. As a gay wrestler, you look to these exoticos who were doing the most uh, flamboyant version of, of being uh, an out and open superstar. And they were dealing with the most extreme version of that hate. So for someone like Pimpinella to stand across the ring from me and just be accepted by everyone and everyone is having this party atmosphere. You're like, this is the way it always should have been,
5: but I'm so happy we got to it. Effie, Mark Henry here. We met briefly in, in Florida. I got to see you work. I've watched you work on the Indies several times. And you're living the dream of, like you said, the, uh, the former uh, gay wrestlers that came before you. Um, being that it's Pride Month, do you feel like, wow, we finally arrived, we finally made it?
4: Yeah, I think there's a, there's a glimpse of that to see how successful doing like the Effie's Big Gay Brunches have been. Um, but I think there's also the idea that like, there is still sort of the, the segregation of, of the groups. And I even heard from a talent the other day that, you know, we already have a gay match on our show, we don't need more of that. And I think when I advertise my version of Effie. It's a little more extreme, a little more poke at your face than a lot of the other performers are. But it's about platforming that like, yes, these are queer talents or these are LGBTQ talents, but they offer so much more than that little niche that you want to put them in. And historically, when you look at like gay talents being used kind of in a comedic effect or being used you know, in the same effect as like we're having a Divas match on the show. It's sort of a, a ha-ha in between the big boys actually doing their thing. I hope if people have watched some of the shows I've put on that it is the sparkle and glitter and acceptance and fun and party, but there's also been some very brutal pro wrestling and all styles of that pro wrestling from heavy submission matches to just all out death matches that these talents come and they, it, they can exist in this world where we can say, this is just for us. But also it's it's shining them out to a whole new audience that are seeing that, hey, we thought you were all just gay talents. And now we're sort of seeing there is every type of talent within this. And it's, it's the same thing as people who say, I don't like women's wrestling. You go, what are you talking about? A woman is just someone who competes in wrestling. You know, if you don't like their style of wrestling, that's, that's on you. But it doesn't mean that all women's wrestling is one thing or all gay wrestling is one thing. So I hope as we continue to expand that we can get to that place where, we're not even having to worry. And I don't even need to exist anymore. I don't need to have a queer talent show because the day one setup is you're judged on your talent. You're brought in for what you can do. And just giving this opportunity, I think is the next step. But, you know, me disappearing is really, that's the end goal. Uh,
3: I wanted to say that he uses uh, a fan and this says wrestling is gay. And a lot of the comments that I had from straight people have said, like, wrestling is really gay. Um, you know, and the way that, you know, they see us, what, cause we're wearing like little clothes and stuff like that. And see men like that. Uh, the question that I have for you, Effie is, it's more of a personal thing in your journey as, as a gay wrestler. What do you think had been the biggest obstacle for people to accept you as a professional wrestler in general?
4: Beyond, beyond anything gay or anything. Otherwise, if you've met me, I don't shut up. And I'm, <laughs> if I have a thought on something, I'm very direct about it. I've been told that I kind of talk to everyone around me like I think they work for me. And I did. I ran a moving company for eight years. So I had a period in my life where everyone did work for me. I think I can be a little bit caustic or a little bit... uh, rub up against you because I'm not going to bite my tongue at any point. I don't really, I consider myself an entertainer. So there's this hierarchy system in our business that if you're over enough, you can kind of not worry about it. But for the people that are working day in and day out to get up and over, you can't just walk into a room and just start saying, I think what you did was awful. Here's a better idea. Or why are you doing this? This is a dumb idea. So some of that has definitely held me back, but it's also made me force my own path where, you know, I'm at the front with the machete cutting through the jungle. Yeah, I'm going to get bit by the first snakes, but I also get to take the first fruits. I get to take what's mine up front because I'm forging the path. And hopefully as we move on, and I think we're seeing a little bit of it, I just want to kind of leave the pathway of like, Hey, if you're too mouthy and you can't take direction, well, there's a possibility you can still do okay in this. It's going to take a lot more work and you have to do everything yourself, but it'll, it'll at least be a way for them to have a blueprint of an idea to make money doing this, because this is This is my gig. I get asked all the time. What else do you do, Effie? You're just an independent wrestler. I have so many channels and so many ways that I've been able to use Effie to get there. And part of that is because, hey, I can't do this because I talk too much crap. Let me go do this this way. And having to learn that the hard way is, you know, it's rewarding. But I can clearly see, like, I could have had an easier path if I would have just shut up.
1: You, you know, Effie, you said something before and it kind of just changed my way of thinking or even what my next question was going to be in this interview, because I was kind of kind of ask you about how much change has happened in the world of pro wrestling and how much more diverse the world of pro wrestling is. And that's coming from me. And, you know, and, and I'm not gay. And then you just said something that kind of just knocked me and it kind of punched me in the gut, because you mentioned about a show that you were on where somebody was like, we already have a gay match on this card. And I was like, wow, th- th- those are things that we heard, you know, 40, 50 years ago when it came to different nationalities. And I was like, wow. And the civil as, rights. Yeah, and it's like, man, you know, I was going to present the question in a way where it's like, boy, it feel, I feel like from the outside looking in that we made so much progress. And you just said something that was like, holy shit, maybe we haven't made as much progress as we thought. And it's so true, like – the fact that that's something that was even said to you when putting a show together, I, I can't even imagine. So what can we do? What could organizations do? How can we make more progress in this direction?
4: The the first thing that kind of jumps to mind with this is uh, the, the sort of battle that our transgender brothers, sisters, and non-binary family are going through right now, where I know a lot of professional wrestlers, personally, who are transgender, and some of them are non-binary, which means that they do not identify as any gender at all. And one of those, perhaps, is Max the Impaler that comes to mind, and they have done work with Ring of Honor, they've done work on my shows, and I've constantly seen them go through this battle where you don't want to have to be the sword all day but when people constantly misgender you, when people segment you in a group because they go, Well, you you can't go over here with the guy. So we got to just say you're a women's wrestler, even though that's not how you identify, seeing them continue to just kind of push forward and get to that next step, even though they've had everyone looking at them going, Well, you need to fit into here, you need to fit into something. You know, sorry you feel that way. But if you're not fitting in, it's not gonna work for the programming. The the battle now of kind of moving away from that gender segregation and understanding that when Maxi Paler has a match, every single match they have is technically a uh, an intergender match, if you will, because they don't have a specific gender binary. So if they are fighting a man or a woman, or if they're fighting someone who is a different non-binary person, there's never a uh, gender homogeneity amongst their matches. And so as we move forward, I know that, you know, the gays and girls have gotten a lot more opportunities, but I want to make sure that we're still uplifting in the same way in the real world as we are in the wrestling world, our transgenders, brothers and sisters and family members out there, because I think that's the next step of this fight. And if gay people or lesbians are paying any attention, a lot of this stuff mirrors perfectly. And like you said, Mark Henry, with the civil rights, it mirrors perfectly. And this is, it's a tale as old as time, this different person than you, who you may not have the the knowledge or education on let's just hate it or let's push it away or let's not deal with it versus what are we missing as a community because we're not involving these individuals who want to bring their talent and their skill into this wild, weird world where almost everything has worked and not worked, you know? What's the risk in in taking another chance there?
3: Me growing up in Mexico with Exoticos, uh, it, I can't even believe like, all the stuff that they went through. Like they always put them with the minis. They never gave them a space or the time or like a championship or an opportunity for a championship. It was always comedy. It was always you know stuff like that. And some of these talent are like amazing. Are just amazing, and they just never. Had an opportunity. And
4: they take that tiny bit and work so much with it. I think of a performer nowadays like Mamba, who's been doing incredible character work and ring work. And you're right, it does get pushed into that comedy category. But not to cut everybody off, I kind of want to get to the bigger idea of the Effie idea, which is if I truly believe that this is entertaining and this is wrestling that is going to bring people in, which I'm not BSing you when I tell you the number one thing I hear at my merch table every week is this is our first show or we found out about you and wanted to come to wrestling for the first time. To get these new people in, we have to take the risks and wrestling is a business. And so if we can prove like you are proving with Mission Pro and proving with your mission and I mean, being a damn champion and being an incredible performer, but also putting on the shows, baking your own pie instead of uh, sharing it more people are gonna catch on, more people are going to pick up on it, but we have to prove, hey, if we really think this works, we're willing to take the business risk on it to show you. And if everybody benefits off of that, we've gotta be willing to put in the work to say, we've gotta give them a little bit of the proof in the pudding if we believe it truly. And I hope that we've been able to do that, but I think we can keep doing that and kind of make everybody else go, hey, keep up. You know, Look how good we're doing because we took the risks on these performers.
1: Well, I want to get in, in, into you and to your character and to your personality because I watched the GCW show at the Hammerstein Ballroom with Stunder Rosa was on. Uh, and my wife, who's not a wrestling fan, unless it's Thunder Rosa in the ring, uh, is not a wrestling <laughs> fan. She saw you and she said instantly, she's like, this is my favorite wrestler. And it had nothing to do with what you were actually doing in the ring, but your character, your persona, your entrance. You're an entertainer. Um, who inspired you? Like, what was some of the influences, you know, because you are so good at what you do?
4: Yeah, I think in wrestling, obviously, if you can't tell that my dad had me growing up on Crockett Promotions and Flair (laughs) and Dusty and the Four Horsemen and even stuff like, you know, when the Freebirds were working the Von Ericks with P.S. Hayes out there strutting, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a huge P.S. Hayes mark. Um, I think even outside of wrestling, taking that showmanship aspect And uh, looking at performers around us, like I went and saw a gay country artist the other day named Orville Peck and he performs in a luchador masks, and he does old school style country. (laughs) It's incredible. And people were lined up around the block, around the block for this guy because he has such a a way of carrying himself. He has such a specific presentation to himself. And so I think when I look at people like musicians or people uh, that are in the movies or recently, I've been watching a lot of Buster Keaton and a lot of Three Stooges because I think that slapstick element works really well in wrestling. And so when you're mixing that in with all the other stuff, being able to do stunts, like uh, we did a 24-hour show at GCW that had a lot of segments. And at one point, 11 a.m., I had fought Homicide at Midnight, done commentary at 5 a.m. And this was my match at 11 a.m. I um, fell down an entire staircase. People were like, did he do this on purpose or not? Good. I'm glad you were wondering because- <laughs> I was studying Buster Keaton and I knew people had watched 12 hours of wrestling already. If I can do something that is so weird and unexpected in the middle of a match that features wrestling, they're going to jump up out of their seats. People are trying to stay up 24 hours. We have to look to these outside influences because at the end of the day, wrestling has a rich history. There's a lot of wrestling to study, but people are entertained by so much in the world. And I think we, we would be foolish to leave that out of the way we perform our uh, our combat.
1: But seriously, and, Effie and, and, and Thunder, thanks for getting Effie on today. We appreciate you coming he's on. He's the best. I love Effie. me, I'm it, chilling. When, when you were answering Mark's <laughs> question, like it actually brought a tear to my eye when you were like, well, you're going over a show, and you're like, well, we already have a game match on the show. It's like, holy shit. Like,
4: yeah, that's why I had to is... make all the game matches, put them all together, <laughs> bring in but the legend. But that's
1: legends. like, you know, that's like, you know, I remember – See it in an interview with Thunderbolt Patterson, you know. Only one black wrestler. we already have a black wrestler. Like it's like, man, and it's 2022. But you, but you know what? At the same time, we have to learn, and 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 it's important that we have that kind of communication on the show, like ours, for people to understand that. Because I think I think you need to make a strong statement, like the one that you said today on our show for people to wake up and understand that this is a real problem in our community right now.
4: Yeah. I'm also of the mind of there's a lot of fans we're missing as a business and there are ways to get them involved, but they got to feel comfortable coming in and they got to see a little bit of something like them out there. And I hope that we could just keep growing. That was Effie joining us, myself, Mark
1: Henry and Thunder Rosa. We have some more amazing interviews. You definitely want to stay tuned to the busted open podcast.
0: This is Jimmy Smith, voice of WWE Monday Night Raw and host of Unlocking the Cage on SiriusXM Fight Nation channel 156. And I'm here to let you know that Unlocking the Cage is now available as a podcast. That's right. You'll get my take on the trending stories in combat sports and interviews with some of the biggest names in the fight game. I'm bringing you shows every Tuesday through Friday. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM
1: app free for most subscribers Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. As you guys know, we're celebrating Pride Month all along. Actually, we celebrate it all year long here on Busted Open. But somebody that obviously has been a friend of this show uh, since she's debuted here with AEW. And honestly, I know there's some tension between her and the woman of the hour, Thunder Rosa, but they're getting past that for good reason. Let's bring in the one and only Nyla Rose. Nyla, good morning to you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You, You didn't tell me. Thunder was gonna be
3: on the show. You you said, you, I thought she was like a guest, like what? Naila, like let's make it clear. Listen, I put my differences aside on this one specifically because there's bigger things for us to talk about You're right. and you are part of it, right? You're right. So You're get over, get right. over here for the next 15 minutes. Okay. okay. This is an hour. You got this was
4: her call.
2: You've got 15 <laughs> minutes starting
3: now. Okay, wow. let me start by saying thank you for being and the Thunder Hour. Nyla Rose. That's a dumb
2: name. That's a terrible name.
3: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you already made it. You already made it clear. it's it's, it's, it's all cool. But besides that, um, Nyla, can you please tell us how you how you feel to be part of AWS? You know, as a representative of of this community. Uh,
2: it, it feels great, uh, mostly and notably for the fact having not just AEW, the company, not just, uh, you know, the owner, Tony Khan, but like the network as a whole, uh, I'm talking about Warner network uh, behind me, a hundred percent. That's almost sadly unheard of. Uh, you know, it, at some point companies are kind of, kind of brush things aside or, or, or turn a blind eye, but it, it truly feels like all the way to the top uh, the company, everybody behind AEW has my back.
3: Yeah, it and, is. and And
2: not just my back, but I mean, like, the LGBT community as a whole, like, it, it truly feels like they're behind us.
1: You feel like in a lot of ways that a lot of people, like, they talk about Pride Month and they talk about the strides that we made in certain areas. But you used the word, too, and that's ignorance. There are so many people who are still so ignorant because they're afraid to communicate or afraid to... To understand, and I think that's the biggest thing is understanding, but a lot of people think we've come a long way, but man, when he said that last week, Niall, it's like, wow, as far as we think we've come, we are so still far behind where, we're, where we should be right now.
2: So that's, that's kind of the hardship of it all is we have come a very long way, but to that point, it kind of illustrates just how far away things were because of how much further we have to go. You know, you say you you used to hear those things, David. I'm gonna I I hold on to the armrest. I don't know if you need a technique chair like I got. Wink, but uh, (laughs) use promo code NRBS. Like, (laughs) but you know, for real, I still hear these things. You know, it's like y'all step into a locker room, or or I used to step into a locker room, and the promoters would be like, "Hey, uh seeing something going on here. Uh, I don't know what's what we're well, thinking about pairing you up with so-and-so. I just think it's a good look. And you look and you're like, no, like you're pairing us up because we're both black. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, it's like we, there's nothing in common with us, you know, or, or the same thing, you know, it's like they want to book a match, but like they'll put the two queer people together, the two, anybody in the LGBT, like whatever that mix of, of letters is, they'll, they'll throw them in a match together. It's like, I can work other people. It's like, no, 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 it's, it's, it's gonna be a good look. Like, no, you're just pairing us up because we're both in the same community. Like, don't, like, I know what you're doing. You're just not gonna say it out loud because you know you're wrong.
0: Well, I think, it, sorry.
3: I, I was just gonna mention something on that in that aspect, me being um, Mexican and, um, you know, dealing with a lot of this stuff in here. And I, and I noticed that a lot, like how they pair us with the same type of person you know, we dance, or oh, they pair you with another Mexican dude or whatever. But they, I think like people are afraid of the things that they don't understand. Oh, and it's very obvious. 100%. Everywhere, and in, from the bottom to the top, like on every single company that I've been, it that's that's what happens. And when they see something, someone so different and I'm talking about you, like they're like, I don't understand that. Like this is, oh, oh my God, oh my God, I'm just gonna move, move on the side or, or, or just wanna put you on the same stereotypical stuff. So I, I think it is really good that um, we're bringing this to light. No, wow. for
2: sure, and it's it's not to uh, try to immediately get kicked off the show by pissing off David here, but I'm gonna <laughs> quote I'm gonna quote Yoda, but it's like it's actually true. But like people, when they're when they don't understand something, they they freak out, you know. And then when they freak out, they're upset that they're freaked out, so they get angry, you know. So like that fear does breed the hate, but it's like all it takes is you know two seconds to like educate yourself or speak to somebody, get to know them, which is educating yourself and learning who they are as a person.
0: Um, I remember, I remember one of the, I worked in AEW for a bit and you and I had a conversation because I saw you wrestle and the entire audience embraced you. And I was just like so blown away and I really didn't know you, but, because I just look at people through their talents and the same with I dealt with Thunder Rosa. And I wish the one thing I want to say is when, when you had to deal with all these promoters, the best part about it now, you don't have to deal with it yeah. in the sense of you don't have to go back. You don't, you always remember, but you're part of a company that has embraced you. I seen the vignettes. I saw the vignettes when it was Asian heritage month. Um, and it, it's just so it's, invigorating and it's so much better when we're talking about change
2: no one's trying to police anyone's thoughts or beliefs no one's trying to push anything on anybody but it's it's simply respect like you have your beliefs you do your thing whatever but like when you are engaging someone else you are now entering their space respect them it's really not that hard
3: and i want people to understand this is i'm just gonna like move the curtain a little bit this is me as a worker to another worker. Nyla has been one of those people that and no matter what situation we have been in. She's a, a, a sunshine in the locker room. Wow. Every time, she, well, she's a sunshine to me in the no, locker what? room. what?
2: opposite. Yeah. No,
6: because you know why? No, when I bring no. a
3: cake, when I bring a cake there, she likes cake and violence. Who <laughs> likes cake and violence? Then she went to Vegas and she saw the cake thing. And she went and put tweeted, "There's cake and violence. Where's where is Nyla Rose?" That's what I'm talking about, the sunshine. Because she's mean, but she's mean in a way, and where you're like, "Oh my god, this is funny." That's what I mean. Um, that's what I meant. So whatever, whatever Nyla. But right. she's a great, a great, a great worker. I just want to say that. Be- besides everything else, like people need to see, and I'm hope that we are able to see this, and people have been able to see it throughout the years. She has gone to a place and where, uh, she has advanced so much. And um and we're really happy to have her in in AW wow. and I am really happy that I get to beat her butt.
2: Oh my god! I in. was just
3: gonna one I on one. Say well, one I on one, one, one on one, bitch, one on one. You got me well, one. I got you. one. Easy
1: guys, this is uh, okay. Nyla, Let me jump in for a second. Thank yes, you for please. joining us please. today on the Thumbler. one on one. We appreciate it. Now, thank you. One thank
3: on you. one.
0: All
1: right. Please don't sing, David. I won't sing. We're out of time. You lucked out. Nyla, when I see you in person, I'm going to serenade you. Thank you, Nyla Rose. I told you I was going to sing to you, Nyla. So there's my song. Thanks for listening to Nyla Rose here. And we got more interviews coming up right here on the Best of Pride Month. It's the Busted Open Podcast.
4: What is up, everyone? It's Jeff Radcliffe, the host of the Rant Podcast. Join me weekdays for my unique brand of insight and analysis that will help you crush your fantasy football leagues and DFS contests. I'm also bringing you the sharpest betting angles, unique parlays, and the need-to-know info that helps put units in your pocket. The Rant, the fantasy football podcast that's on every winning lineup. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app free for most subscribers.
1: back here on the busted open podcast celebrating pride month and our next guest and somebody who joined myself and tommy dreamer sunny kiss right now as we celebrate pride month here on busted open let's bring in our next guest sunny kiss sunny how are you this morning
7: hello
8: thank you guys so much for having me
0: what up sunny
8: what's up tommy (laughs)
0: so happy to see you we miss mickey james mickey james brings the positive energy if there's anybody i've ever met that brings positive energy is our guest sunny kiss love love sunny
1: that's very
0: sweet thank you
1: (laughs) so sunny just to get you in on the conversation and obviously you know we're going to get into pride month here that we've been celebrating all month long we celebrate it all the time here on busted open because it's important i think I think we have hosts and the nation have learned a lot over the last few weeks of acceptance and how we still have a long way to go. And, you know, we had uh, Nyla Rose on last week. We had Effie on a couple of weeks ago. And Effie said something that, you know, really threw me and just talked about how certain bookers and promoters look at and haven't really started to accept. And and I thought we've gone a long way, maybe in some ways we have, but we still have a long way to go. You know, How do you feel about it and how do you feel about being in a part of that AEW locker room and the diverse locker room that AEW has?
0: Um,
8: I I feel like we're on the way though. I feel like, of course, there's a long way to go. I feel like there's never going to be, you know, a perfect world where, you know, like for LGBTQ people, it's never going to be like a perfect world, but I feel like we're definitely making a lot of strides and I want to focus on that. I want to highlight those because I feel like that is important. Um, being at AEW, uh, it's incredible because everyone is just so, like, embracing of, like, different people from, you know, all walks of life, and my coworkers are just awesome. Like, everybody's just very supportive of each other, and, uh, yeah, it's a great working environment.
0: That's cool. I like um, the videos they've been airing of you uh, through the network. I, well, it, it's cool, like, and, and Sunny taught the, the first ever all-in when I was, like, I'm saying uh he billy gunn is saying she and i literally just stop and i would just turn and i was like what does this offend you and you're like no i don't take offense and like well what do we call and you're like how about sunny and i was just like <laughs> there you go and it's just like so simple but i was like there you are and like just being like i said always positive always this but then like within a half a second, just twitch, like changing somebody's opinion like that, because it's, it's out of, we don't know, but if you don't ask those questions, then you're just going to continue. And it was like, for me and Billy, it was just nothing because I've been in, you know, locker rooms where, Oh, the, this person's gay. And we're like, well, who cares? Like nobody cared. And I always think cause in wrestling, we were all outsiders or, and very acceptant once we're in the locker room, but I also never lived some of the, through some of the things and then hearing stories and I'm not even getting into social media just because that's a whole cesspool of negative, but it's like, I, I always like, I look, I mean, I always say the biggest compliment I can pay a person is booking you on the show. And then for my own shows, it's like, I book you in the main event because of your ability. And that's how I always view people, but sadly people do not, but I'm glad that you have found a home in AEW where they book you on your ability. And, you know, the, I love, I love seeing you perform. And like I said, I always love being around you because of the energy that you project to other people.
8: And I want to set that up too, cause you said something that was really important. Um, I said something um, the other day in another uh, podcast, um, and I said, I think LGBTQ athletes should be like pushed all year round. And I think it got twisted into me saying people should be pushed because they're LGBTQ, and instead of you know based on their merits. And what you just said, is, you know, I really appreciate that because there's a lot of people, workers, in EWWE all over that are the Indies is, has a myriad of, of just amazing LGBTQ workers. And I'm saying that we should be pushed all year round. Because of that, because we are talented, because we can go in the ring, and uh, we just happen to be LGBTQ and not, you know, I feel like not being used um, just for the Pride Month, you know, only. Is what I was trying to say. Right. But I really appreciate those words, Tommy, and I that means a lot to me, it's very good.
0: Well, I mean, I had, I had, had experienced when, when, and I was talking about we talk about greatest cars of all time. Me and you were a part of one that is still one of my favorites, All In, and I remember doing. The, and again, it's learning. Like, I didn't know anything about Orange Cassidy. And he's like, I'm going to throw these really bad kicks at you. And <laughs> I'm like, all right. And in my head, he's like, no, 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 don't sell them. Don't sell them. And I, after I throw them out, then you and I do this the spot. And the inte- everybody's going nuts for it. And I remember like ducking your kick. And you have such grace and speed with your kick. And then, you know, you did the the thing where you grabbed me by your feet and you, you pull me into your butt and I'm going like, you know, sell and sell and sell. And then I dump you. And then everyone's pissed at me for getting rid of you. And I was just like, but like f- for me, I took Rikishi stink face and nobody had an issue with it. And I take yours and then, you know, and that's why I was like gave up online because people were, how do you do that with Sonny? And I was like, there was no difference between Rikishi or Sonny. And they're both as frigging talented individuals and performers. If it wasn't good, trust me, I wouldn't do it. And that's why I always view you and everybody. I view you on your performance in your ring. I could care less about anything else. And that's how everybody should be judged. Absolutely. I agree. Now you're getting me. I'm yelling. I'm getting upset. I'm on my poem <laughs> again. I love yeah, it. That,
1: <laughs> that's fine, Tommy, because I think, and I think it's important. And you're right. Sonny, it shouldn't just be once a month. It should be all year round because I think it's important with communication and education. There's a lot of people and 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 listen, when I say this word, it's honest, ignorant because they just don't know. They haven't learned. And I think in 2022, people have to be more open-minded. Effie said something on our air that kind of was like a, a splash of cold water on my face. When Effie was talking about being booked on the show and the promoter was like, you know what, we already have a gay match on this show. And it's like, whoa! Like, that's something, like, to hear that is like, it's like crazy. It's like what you used to hear 40, 50 years ago with, an Hispanic wrestler or an African American wrestler. It's like, all right, we, we already have one of these matches it's like it's crazy to think about, Sonny, but I'm sure this is these are obstacles that have been in your way since you started your career.
8: Yeah, and um I've always like, you know, I, I had my issues as far as wrestling. Like I wasn't the best, always the best wrestler, but I've been working my ass off. I'm
1: working really hard. sorry, can I swear? I'm sorry.
8: <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's,
1: it's uh, on it's satellite radio, you could say whatever. Okay. You want. <laughs> sorry. There you go.
8: Yeah, well, I've been working my tail off. So it's like, you know, I've just been really, really trying hard. And I feel like everybody in AEW um, we're all different kinds of athletes. We're all super talented and very different at what we do. And I, I, I think it's fantastic that we all are, you know, we get to showcase that, you know, in our own, you know, in our own right. It's like we're all different kinds of athletes. And there's several LGBTQ people in, in EW, not just, you know, the wrestlers, but, you know, it's a very, very inclusive environment. And uh, we get to showcase that.
0: I remember talking to you and you were telling me about your history of like, and, things you've overcome and you were like, well, I'm African-American. Um, you were, you were like, I, I've, I've overcome a lot of hatred or a lot of things where culturally in my culture of all these things that were like, but you overcame it. And mm-hmm. that's again, a testament to you as a human being because a lot of people don't and they give it, it's, you have overcome so, so much in such a short period of time. And that's why more people should embrace you because of the positive message you've always projected out there.
8: Thank you. Um, I think with being gender fluid and I think with being, you know, because people look at me and it's like, oh, Sonny, funny because a guy or a girl. So I get that it's a little bit different as far as like to just the casual viewer, like looking at me, they might not be able to understand it at first. Um, but I think, you know, continuing to just, you know, try and, you know, just put it out there and to be a representation and to be in dialogue. Dialogue is the most important thing ever because you'll never be able to change or to like, you know, like we're doing right now, you'll never be able to understand things unless you talk about it, unless it's in your face, unless you can, you know, say hey like this is what this is and this is what this is and I think um you know it's a very positive thing that I get to be that you know that figure in sports so pretty cool.
0: It should be because as you know I have two young daughters and they teach me how the world is evolving not only keeping me young Mm -hmm. but just as simple things where people may say things that you don't realize could be hurtful to someone else and it's just by like if you're always referring to somebody or like there's one thing if you come up and say hey guys a general thing and you're just like how's everybody doing as opposed to because I mean they did they had to teach me about them they and I had to have a sit down and now I understand and I get it and it was just like but if you never told me about it I'd be like oh that's stupid like I mean how could it no it's not because it's, it's very new. It's important to somebody else. Yeah, and pronouns are just really new in general. Like, like, a lot of these terms
8: too in the LGBTQ community, a lot of them are so new. I remember um, back back in the day, queer was derogatory. Um, now queer is embraced by the community. But if you said, if you called someone a queer in like 2002, you know, it was like, that's hurt, mean and like hurtful. But we identify now as
0: the queer community people interesting i'm not going to say so it's all that. about
8: the growth it's all about the growth understanding we're not living in a world you know we're not living in the, the 50s anymore the 70s anymore you have to raise your kids based on a world that exists today so what exists today is pronouns what exists today are trans people what exists today well they've always existed but you know what i mean like it's it's being talked about it's it's being talked about as this is how we are please respect us please identify us the way we want to be identified please acknowledge us and as human beings and not just, you know, whatever, you know, acknowledge us for who we are.
0: And that's as simple as that conversation we had, me, you, and Billy, because like I think about it, I walk into a locker room, Dreamer, Tommy, Dream, and then Sunny. And no one like, oh, how do I address Sunny? It's just Sunny. It's dumb, simple. It's beautiful. I love you. I love you, Sunny. Thank you.
1: But I, I, I think it comes down to a word that Sonny just used, and that's respect. I just feel like if everybody just respects everyone, nobody I, – I, it's great that nobody's the same, that everybody is different, and then accept those differences because that's how you learn. Tommy, I think it's an amazing story of you sitting down with your kids and your kids teaching you, you know, because you are. You're, you're 50, so you know, we we come from it. We grew up in a different era and a different age, and our kids are growing up. Every generation, you hope evolves and gets better. So to be able to sit down with your kids and learn from your kids, Tommy, yeah. I think that's an amazing. That's amazing to me.
0: You have to,
8: because we we um, this generation, you know, teenagers and you know, people in their twenties, like we're in a different time where we understand we have different dialect, different dialogue, different language. So um, I feel like when you know you're used to kind of what you're used to and obviously you you, you were a wrestler at a time where whew, a lot went on and you know certain things were just different and acceptable but um yeah I feel like it's wonderful that people you know your, your kids can do something else that's different you know that's more current you know like what's in right now because you know it can potentially shape the next generation if you know we start to Help people treat others, you know, better and better, and acknowledge, you
1: know, different nuances and stuff like that. Sunny, thank you so much for the Bye, time guys. this morning. Thanks to Sunny Kiss for joining us here on the Busted Open Podcast. As always, we love Sunny Kiss joining our show, especially now as we celebrate Pride Month, and we'll continue to do it when we're back right here on the Busted Open Podcast. Ring of Honor, Women's Champion, the one and only, Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes, good morning, and thanks for joining our show.
3: Oh, good morning, good morning. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I am so excited that you are here, uh, Mercedes. Uh, you, You know I have a lot of respect for you in the ring and outside of the ring even more for what you have represented for women all this time. And I feel like this year... Well, this last year was one of those uh, moments in where you were actually allowed to to be yourself. Uh, How does it feel to to be one of the first Latinas to uh, to represent so many different things in this business?
10: I don't think I'm one of the first. I think I just uh, in my in this profession, it's one of those things where you uh, everyone wants to label you. Everyone wants to say you're the first female, you're the first Hispanic, you're the first this, first that. I am always first and foremost in this business, a wrestler. Um, you know, it just so happens that I'm female and I'm Latina and I'm a lesbian and all these other labels everyone wants to put for me. Uh, for the last two, three years, I think everything has just come to the forefront because there was something missing in women's wrestling. There was something that needed to happen in the last two to three years. And I just am happy and I'm just glad that I can be that person to help push the forefront, push the agenda a lot more amongst other females, yourself included. Um, you know, I think just in this business, everyone has to come together. And if I'm one of those that can help propel it, then I am more than happy to, you know, be that forefront person.
5: You have accomplished some other things and those other things are outside of wrestling uh, with who you are as a person and the perception of you, um, those things about you being, you know, the, the Latina, the the mother the the friend the person that's revered in this entertainment space they they, they just come along for the ride so uh, don't don't diminish that like we this is the pat yourself on the back day that's I mean we started the day with hey you know what I'm not gonna break my own wrist patting myself on the back. But, <laughs> but but i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it more than i ever did because it's not arrogant and we don't look at you as being arrogant when you say you accomplished something and you had success we look at it as thank you for informing us because now we know and 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 that's you know that's, i'm gonna leave it right there I <laughs> oh, no, I
10: appreciate that. I think it's it's just me being really humble for opportunities. It's me being really humble for anything that was given to me because I had to work super hard. And it's not that I'm I'm not confident because I'm very confident in my abilities. I know what you know, what I say it's true from the heart. And it's just me just reminding people that hey, there's, there's a balance in this business. There's a balance of me being, you know, what I've accomplished being female, being Latin and, and, and putting that to the forefront. It's blazing the trail, but I always believe that it's not just me. I'm helping blaze the trail along with others. So I contribute my success with other successes because without me and others, there is no future. So i i don't diminish what i've accomplished it's more just staying humble because sometimes when you're overconfident and you're over humble i guess you can say not even over humble just people look at it a different way as hey she's egotistical she's putting too much Mm -hmm. on herself so i don't ever want to be perceived as that i know my shit i know i'm good i know what i can you know put in that ring i know what what I can accomplish. It's me just staying humble and true to my roots is what keeps me here in this place for the last 22 years. It's, hey, if I gotta put my shit out there and tell you, hey, I'm good and I know, I'm gonna tell you, but I also know my place to know when I have to scale back because I don't need people to be on my back and then show a different side of Mercedes that no one wants to see. So there's that balance that I have to always keep. Yeah. So I want to
3: see I want to it. But <laughs> Mercedes, I think, um, just piggybacking on uh, what Mark was saying, uh, in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of uh, cover, f- people have been covering for you. Like, uh, they, there was a, a short documentary done, um, I think, was it a Vice or, or something? I don't remember. Is this before before you got signed for the other company? And, like, a lot of things came out to light. For me, a lot of the stories before I met you and after, before I worked with you were, all the girls that I work and they work in shimmer, they had nothing but amazing things to say about you. And also there was a fear of Mercedes Martinez because, you know, <laughs> the way that you work, the way that you presented yourself and, and the way that, um, like I said, when, when I met you and I work with you, it was absolutely everything. And even more um, like I like. I, I, even the stories that Jazz t- uh, told me when she first met you, when you were young, young, and, and a rookie, how different oh you were from now. When she sees you and she's like, you have changed into, into a woman of, of yourself, like somebody that is confident, somebody that knows what she wants and, and want, wants to help and knows what to do. Um, how do you feel was that transition? And how long did it take you to actually finally accept who Mercedes Martini really was?
10: It took a really, really long time, to be honest. Um, In this business, uh, it was hard for me at first, Um, you know, coming from where I was trained from. It was hiding who I truly was. Um, It was always, hey, I, I want to wrestle, but I couldn't show myself in the light. It was at that era, it was the whole TNA aspect of wrestling. It was the whole divas. And I was always told, you know, you have to do that to actually make it in this business. And I kept myself very reserved, very quiet, very shy, and, and kept myself hidden. And, and just, it's that old adage of keep your ears open and your mouth shut. You know, if you want to get far in this business, that's what you had to do. And within the first two years of my career, it was, no, I, I can't do this. That's when I met Jazz. You know, in the first two part of my career, you know, she came to to my school with Jason Knight and and she was one of the first people that kind of just said, you have to be who you are. You are a diamond in the rough. You are that person that's going to trailblaze. You are that person that's going to make the difference. Don't let anybody tell you any differently of who you want to be, because there's a sense of people molding you. People are always going to try to mold you, but you really have to just stick to your guns if this is your true mission. And that's what I did. I think it took probably my first tryout with WWE when I realized WWE is not where I want to be right now in this career. And that was probably 2007. And that's where Shimmer started. And, And that's when all these women's companies. So I knew that at that time, WWE was not for me because their mission wasn't my mission. It was the Divas era. It was they wanted to mold you, the cookie cutter type. Female, And that's not what I'm about. I'm about being true to who I am, what I know that I can do. And it was always just women wrestling. And it wasn't even just being about women wrestling. It's just about wrestling and putting us forth as an athlete. And it took a long time to get to that point. And even throughout the career and even, you know, 10 years and 15 years down the line, I was still trying to find who I was. Because not only professionally was I trying to find that niche, but personally, I was trying to find that niche. You know, being in this business, you can't be openly out. I'm a lesbian and I couldn't be that person because I had to hide that part of me because the locker room was very taboo. You know, the, the, the media was, no, you can't do this. It came to the point in my career that I had to hide that because for me to advance, you can't put that out there. And for fear of safety for me and for safety for my family, because that was not socially acceptable in all realms of life. So it was a very, it it was a very humbling experience. It's been a humbling experience, but now being here, 41 years going on 42, you know, years old, I know who I am, and ain't nobody gonna tell me any different. And I'm gonna put that out there, and I'm gonna show my work, and I'm gonna be who I am. And if you don't like it, too bad, but you're still gonna tune in and watch anyways, right?
5: (laughs) It's it's that, it's that whole mentality. You
10: respect me now. You know what I can do. I can say whatever I want now. <laughs> but
5: it that took a long awesome. time to
10: get there. It did. It that took a long awesome. time I, to,
5: to find that. Are, are there like any personal documentaries or any uh, long articles or uh, interviews with you being you and being the person? You, like you say, you're confident in who you are and that you're allowed to be able to be you and when you're allowed to be you you're better where where can we find that out or, or or do we or do we have you back on busted open and we do this again but we do this as a complete like you know interview of who is mercedes martinez
10: uh, well, Would you, be, well, willing? Would you be willing? I always to? want to come back. I always want to come back. Like <laughs> I'm always willing to tell my story in in a, in a different light. I think a couple years ago we did. I did a uh, short documentary, which is what uh, Rosa was talking about, uh, called Now This, and it touched on women wrestlers and it touched on the life and the struggles that we had to go through. And there was a, a piece up about me, and it's basically just telling my life and what I had to go through in in a very short form, just straight to the point. And that's when people kind of realize what I had to struggle through. And and at that time I was married at that time, you know, I have, you know, my son, uh, my stepson and, and people didn't know that about me. It's, the public perception of, of me is very just business and, and stuff like that. Do I want to shed light on my life? Of course I do. But I don't want to give too much because I'm such a very reserved and private person. I, I, I always in my career, safety was an issue. And, and not just in my career, but before my career, it was an issue. Everything is an issue you know, for me to be out. Um, you know, where I was born and came from, you couldn't do that because my safety and and, and my health was always a concern, me going to work and me being bullied. It was an issue at that time. You think about growing up in, in the 80s and in the 90s, it was so taboo. And then me becoming a wrestler in this business that it's so sex appeal. And here I am, a female wrestler who's I I can't be me. Uh, So my safety was always in the forefront and the safety of my family. So, yeah, it it was a struggle. So that documentary touched on, I think, now in the last two years is where a lot of these documentaries and a lot of these uh, articles are now just starting to come out and want to grab that attention because my story is very unique. And, you know, right now we're working on a documentary with long media Uh, productions uh it's been two almost three years in the making uh they came down to aew they did film a lot of stuff uh backstage stuff my story on the road even on personal stuff it's stuff that no one ever knows about um but it's going to come out hopefully uh next year and through the amazon and with production with warner media so it's a big thing that people can see the backstory of mercedes and just just going forward, if, if anybody needs the help, and, and Rosa knows, I'm always available. I'm just a phone call away. For any females that have anything going on, I can sympathize with you. I can tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, what you need to hear, because I'm so unbiased. I'm so true to the core. I'm going to tell you the good. I'm going to tell you the bad. I'm going to tell you if you suck, everything. <laughs> it's just the way it has to go, because no one ever told me that they just sugarcoat everything. And that's not how it has to be for us females. We have to know the truth because that's the only way we're going to get better. And. You know, when I talk to Rosa a lot of times and me and her have a great relationship, if she comes to me and she wants my advice, I'm going to give it to her. Good, the bad, the ugly, the works. Why? Because she needs to hear it because there's too many people that are around her that are going to tell her what she wants to hear. Mm -hmm. I'm that person that's going to tell her what she needs to hear to be better and to be the leader in the locker room. I'm just here watching and I'm praising everyone that I can praise. And as long as they can bring me for the ride or I can help bring them for the ride, that's all it comes down to. And that's my role. It's just to have everyone coexist and have everyone succeed to the level they're supposed to succeed. And with my help, they'll get there as well as they can help me as well.
1: Wow. Mercedes, this has been amazing. (laughs) We definitely have to get you on again. And I think you've won for you to come on the air and say that you're content with who you are. You've succeeded. I I hope that everyone, that's listening to this show right now gets to that point where they're that happy with themselves because that's true success is when you're happy with yourself Mercedes thank you so much for the time you're going to be able to see Mercedes tonight team up with Serena Deeb on Rampage 10 p.m eastern time on TNT Mercedes thank you so much for the time
4: Hi, everyone. This is Heisman Trophy winner and NFL quarterback Doug Flutie. I'm excited to tell you that my podcast, the Flutie Flakes cast, is back for the entire football season. I may have played like 21 years of professional football in three different leagues, but I'm still just a big kid, and I absolutely love this game. Every week, we'll talk about the topics I care about and bring on super fun guests. So please subscribe today, wherever you stream your podcast, or listen on the SXM app, Include it with most subscriptions.
1: Our next guest from Impact Wrestling, Giselle Shaw, joins us right here on Busted Open. The quintessential diva, the one and only Giselle Shaw. Good morning. How are you?
11: Good morning, everyone. I'm feeling fantastic. Thank you. How about you guys? Excited to have you. you looking
7: pretty. looking so pretty, uh, like you normally do.
11: <laughs> Thank you. It's just delighting, honey.
7: <laughs> can use <you submit>? a
1: <laughs> but you know Giselle there you know we we hear this during your matches that the uh, spotlight is not given it's taken and you've been able to take that spotlight as a part of the Impact roster how do you feel you know you've you've done a lot of traveling you've worked at a lot of different companies how does it feel working at Impact you
11: know it feels so great to be working at Impact um, it's always been my dream, you know, and my goal to be signed to a major company. And, um, it just feels great. You know, like it's not, it's not even a job to me because, um, you know, when, when, when you love what you do, um, you just like, it, it's not work.
0: Agreed. unless you're hanging out with Demore, then it's like work, just hanging out with them. <laughs> Agreed.
11: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm always around him. So I'm always kind of like, you know, I'm just like, yeah, okay, cool. Like <laughs> smiley face.
0: <laughs> just make fun of me and then he'll just uh, back off.
7: <laughs> so Giselle, uh, for the people that don't know, what is a quintessential diva?
11: So um, the quintessential diva is someone who is strong, confident, smart, independent. And can kick some serious butt. So uh, that's me, right?
7: <laughs> that sounds like you. That's why you call yourself the quintessential diva. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> now, you've been doing some things in, uh, in Impact now. Um, you have an upcoming match with Rosemary and you're kind of aligning yourself with the influence here, you know, because Madison Rain is kind of down. What do you think you're going to be bringing to the influence uh, joining them?
11: I mean, they call themselves the influence, right? So um, I think it's perfect to have an influencer join the team, right? I mean, like, uh, they're really great. They're a great team. But, you know, if they want to take it to the next level, then I think that they should have the quintessential divo at the team. Ooh, I like
7: that. I like that. I don't, I don't know if Tanil's going to like that too much because she does say it's all about her, you know. I know she does and i always tease her because she's just like it's all about me and i'm like no honey it's all about me now With <laughs> essential, i love it i love it so, I yeah.
11: confident right
7: that's all the confidence in the world i don't think teneil's ready for that she's she hasn't she hasn't met that yet
11: oh girl i feel like i don't want to say move over because you know what there's always there's always room for everyone but, you know, um, I am ready to take over the world. So with or without her.
7: Hip, hip <laughs> check yeah. her a little bit. Just give her that little hip check a little bit. You know, let her know.
11: Just, just a little.
1: <laughs> Giselle, you, you, you speak about confidence and then you also speak mm-hmm. about everyone. And we're celebrating Pride Month here on Busted Open right. all month long. And obviously it's, we take it more than just this month. And it's about inclusion and it's about togetherness. And, you know, right now celebrating the... LGBTQ community and, and for you, like your confident level and speaking up and obviously coming out and saying that you're transgender, is that, is that something that you felt like you needed to do or you wanted to do, you know, why made it the decision to do that? So, um,
11: obviously everyone has a different journey, right? Um, it did take me a very long time, but no one can tell you really like when to be ready. You know, it's not something that, like, I I never thought that I would do it. You know, Um, I've always kind of just wanted to stay under the radar because I wanted people to judge me for my wrestling, you know, and not because like, oh, she's this, oh, she's that. Um, But I I went to um, an event uh, this April called WrestleMania. So it's a fundraiser for mental health awareness. And, you know, we auctioned off um, dresses that, you know, that is important to us. And, um, you know, I was speaking at the event, um, there was a trans woman there, actually, um, you know, like I was telling my, my story there, a, a personal story, and she came up to me after the event, and she said, hey, um, I could relate to your story, and it really freaked me out because, you know, I w- I haven't told anyone in the company, um, it, you know, I, and she's, telling me that she could relate to my story and then in my mind I was so freaked out that I was like whoa I don't want to be part of this um I I, you know like I just felt so ashamed almost so I was like you know like and I just kind of like brushed her off which um after that like I just felt really bad because growing up I wanted to have a platform where I can help people and that was an opportunity for me to help somebody and I brushed her off you know so a part of me wanting to um, disclose that I'm transgender was that, you know, I have a platform with impact wrestling. Um, and I want to use that for good. And I want to inspire people, um, educate people and also raise awareness of what, you know, important things.
0: Hey, um, I want to know what did it feel like when, I mean, you're on national television and you've cut promos in front of people. We all get nervous We all, you know, and this is when we're we're doing our job and you're on national television. And how did it feel once you said it, once you said the words on television? Because I saw the reaction amongst Um, everybody who loves you.
11: So it was super freaky because. uh, (laughs) So the first time that I ever said it was on breakfast television in Canada. And, you know, uh, I think they just asked me, like, hey, like, are you doing something at Pride? And I said, yeah, I'm doing the you know, I'm speaking at the Trans Rally in March and I'm taking, um, you know, I'm participating in the Pride Parade and they go, okay, yeah. And then we go live, they ask me, so Giselle, you know, like what's the news? And, I'm, and I go, whoa, like I thought they knew, oh, <laughs> I thought they knew already. So I was like, oh yeah, hi. You know, like it, it was like the, the five minutes that I was on hold before we went live, like it was just, it's like this pressure. That you know, it's like it's like you know, before you go on, um, you go out to wrestle. You know, it's just that that immense pressure. You know, and then and then I said it. You know, and I I needed to be comfortable with saying that I'm transgender because for the longest time I didn't want to refer myself as that. You know, I I think I think it's because people really had a you know that that word they used that against me as a as, as a bad connotation as it was a bad thing. So. I had to get over that and I had to say it like over and over and over again. So when I did say it, finally, um, it was like this huge weight just lifted off my shoulder. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like I'm transgender. So what? You know, Um, but saying it for the first time on National Live TV was super freaky. And, you know, I was like, oh, my God, I hope I don't screw this up.
0: (laughs) Well, I was going to say I saw everybody online and I'm sure you got a, a bunch of texts and DMs. Of just the praise and love for you, because like you do, you do have this platform and you can help others with it that have gone through the same things that you have and be proud of it. I'm personally, I'll say it. I'm super happy that uh, I've known you forever, but I get to see the best version of yourself. And I look in a wrestling locker room. I never see anybody different. We're all a bunch of wrestlers. That are doing and loving what we do. We come from all different races, personalities. We have all these different opinions, but when we're all there, we're a team. And for yeah. one goal is to have a great show. Uh, and I'm just, I'm super happy that you don't feel that weight of the shoulder of, on your shoulders anymore. And I don't think, I mean, it's just, it's awesome. And please use that platform because, I, as you know, I have younger daughters. And my girls tell me stuff about classmates that, you know, have to hide things. Or I mean, I've, I've even reached out to other people where they've told me that kids want to come out to their parents or they're, and they're scared. And, but when some have like their parents, just like, I, you're my child, I love you, you know? Yeah. So it's okay. just, you have an amazing platform and please use it because there's Thank many you. people like who can be struggling and you could be, the voice for them, which is super cool. I
11: think, I think it's important to right? um, you know, like I say, speak about this more that I, I you know, I, I do want to use the platform for good use because, um, like growing up, I did watch, you know, like I was inspired by the knockouts, by the divas. And, you know, even though like I really looked up to these women, like I couldn't relate to them because there was no trans representation. So I want to be able to use that, you know, so that like, if someone out there, you know, was watching me or is watching me, then they can go, hey, you know what? She followed her dreams and her goals and she attained it. So um, like, I think that's so important. And it's just, um, growing up as well, you know, I, like, I I loved school, but because I was bullied all my life and, you know, like people just didn't understand it, you know? that's why people bullied me, I guess, in a way. Um, I feel like if people knew about it more when I was younger and had a more supportive um, environment in school, like I would have loved to go to school more. I, I didn't, you know, like, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to learn, but if I did have a supportive um, environment, I would have, you know, just would have loved it.
0: Well, Dave and I always talk about this is why we need to keep on these conversations and keep on with our platform with Busted Open and then everyone with their social media and just keep these conversations because it's how you get educated. And it, it, it's a great thing because, hey, at times uh, the world isn't great. Social media isn't great. But when you have a great platform, you can override all of that. You have nothing like holding you back and is, again, the best version of yourself And I just look forward to the future with you and Impact.
1: Thank you to Giselle Shaw from Impact Wrestling. And we'll be back right here on Busted Open. Celebrating Pride Month with our next guest, Sonia DeVille of the WWE. Sonia, first and foremost, thank you so much and congratulations on all the success from the WWE. We've been talking about Money in the Bank and Money in the Bank taking place this Saturday night uh, on Peacock. So I'm sure everybody will be watching and we'll be talking about it. But also, we've been talking a lot, especially this month, about Pride Month. And it's something that we've been celebrating on the show. And Sonia, I, I know that's something that you've been celebrating as well. So thank you for coming on to talk about that because it shouldn't just be important for the month of June, but all year long.
6: Absolutely. And thank you guys for, for being supporters and allies. And it's so important to have, you know, strength and unity and strength in numbers. And it means so much to me to know that, um, we have allies out there that aren't even a part of the community that are supporting us and and getting the word out there. So thank you guys.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely important to do that. And, you know, talk about like just about we've, and we've done a lot of interviews. And I think for me as a host here on busted open, Sony, I've learned a lot. Like, there's things that I just didn't know. The stories, the journeys, uh, the pressure, it seems. And I feel like we've taken a lot of strides here in 2022, but there's so much work to be done. Do you feel the same way?
6: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're you're always going to have hate, and you're going to always have people that love you and accept you, and you're going to always have people that, that don't. Um, so that's just something that comes along with the territory. But trying to make sure we expand the community and expand the awareness and the messaging of acceptance and inclusion um, with my platform here at WWE is something that's really important to me because mm-hmm. like you said, the, the fight's never over. You know, it, there are people out there that are um, still not accepting of the LGBTQ plus community. And I think it's so important to just spread a positive message and to also just be that visual, visual representation in the WWE so that, young people today that want to be a professional wrestler, want to be in sports entertainment can kind of look at me and go, Oh, well, if she can do it, then I can do it. Um, you know, and it, it goes so much broader than that too. It, it starts in sports entertainment it starts in WWE, what I'm doing, but it, it, it goes across the board and we have such a large social media footprint and, and digital footprint that I think it's important to kind of utilize and use this platform to spread a positive message like such.
0: Uh, Dave and I always talk about, uh, we've had different entertainers uh, come on. The most important part is education and continuing these type of conversations because they need to happen. And this whole time when you're talking, I'm like, I think I've only met you once, correct?
6: Yeah, yes.
0: And I'm saying, I act like in my head, I'm like, oh no, I totally know her. And then I'm like, wait, I really don't. But that's because- (laughs) You, gr- you grew up on television with us. Right. We right. literally saw your baby steps in the WWE. And to progress to the star that you've become, that's a testament to how good you are. So that's really, really cool that, again, you have this platform given with the WWE that you're able to do all this, but also on your own merits and talents in the ring and your ability to cut oh. really good promos and make people either <laughs> love or hate you.
6: Thank you, Tommy. That means a lot to me. And like, it's funny because not a lot of people realize that, but yeah, I got signed to WWE when I was or on tough enough when I was 21 and I'm about to be 29 in September. So I kind of did grow up in front of the WWE universe and you guys. And it's like, it's weird when people ask, like, what's it, what's it like being out in, in front of the cameras and on social media and being a public figure and being out. And it's like, I don't really know how to be out any other way because before I was on Tough Enough, I was closeted. So it's like, this is my only experience with coming out was in front of the cameras. And it was kind of this roller coaster that I had to kind of like pick up the pieces and figure it out as I went along. And I, there's no like blueprint on how to do things like this. And I always tell people like, you don't by any means have to emulate or follow my path. My path worked for me. Um, my openness works for me. It makes, makes me happy. But everyone has a different journey and everyone has a different story and a different circumstance. So just do what makes you happy.
7: Now, Sonia, um, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you were the the first to be uh, openly gay and, and out here in this um, sports entertainment business. How do you feel that now that from the time that you did come out openly and now that there's so many other people now that are just free to do the same thing. How do you feel like do you feel like you you've helped uh create that path and and does it feel good to you doing that? Well, um I think I'm the first openly out female in the WWE. I know Darren Young
6: was um an out male before me. Mm-hmm. Um and he certainly you know shared his story and um laid some groundwork for me, but when I was yeah, when I came out on tough enough, I had no idea i didn't grow up watching wrestling i didn't know much about wwe i certainly wasn't okay with telling anybody that i was gay because i wasn't okay with myself at that point i wasn't fully accepting of my sexuality and stuff at that point so how could i expect anybody else to be right and so it was kind of just something that that happened and organically transpired into to what it is today but it took me years to kind of fully become comfortable with the idea of talking about my sexuality posting you know my significant other online like people think that that was like instantaneous i think sometimes because they're watching it unfold before them and they don't kind of see the in-between steps but like it was a it was a evolution of a lot of things with me um like i said it kind of just happened and then it was like uh big boulder rolling down a mountain where I was like, okay, I'm just going to grab on and hang on and just kind of ride by the seat of my coattails and and see where this takes me. Um, And I realized that the more that I shared my story and the more that I was open with the fans, the more love I got and the more stories I heard and messages I would get from other people going through the same thing. And that was kind of comforting to me because I was like, okay, wait, if I'm putting myself out here and I'm sharing my story, but it's not for nothing, it's to help other people. And it's to make other people that were nervous. Like I was just nervous, feel comfortable in themselves. Then, then this is all worth it. And this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And this is what I'm meant to be doing. And yeah, to your, to your question, to answer your question. Um, I think the environment has changed a lot and I've never had any negative experiences backstage or within the company. I can honestly say, um, Social media will always be social media. So, of course, you're always going to have the, the haters. But mm-hmm. within the company, I've had nothing but positive experiences. And I want people to know that because I want people to know that they can be here, too. And that any, everybody is welcome. Genuinely.
1: See, that's awesome, because, you know, we, we've done so many of these interviews and some of the stories are just heartbreaking about some of the things that people had to go through. And it's, yeah. it's and and you figure and that we've we've improved and we've moved forward, but then you're and then you hear stories where it's like, Wow, we really haven't gone as forward or progressed as much as we thought. But I guess everybody's right. everybody's journey's different. As you said, you weren't comfortable with everything. And then when you were, that's when you decided uh, to make it public, like what would you tell somebody as far as that are going through this, that has that weight on their shoulders of of whether that it's time for them to go public or not? What would that message be for somebody that's going through those struggles?
6: Yeah, I mean, I would just say the most important thing is that you have a safe place to rest your head at night, and you you have you have a safe, secure environment to be in, so that if your situation that you're in doesn't accept who you are, if that's the fear that they're not going to, that your parents or whoever you're around, isn't going to accept you and they could kick you out, or you could be left in a physically dangerous situation. Then I would say, just secure yourself somewhere safe to sleep at night and then do what you need to do. And everyone has, like I said, everyone has a different circumstance. Everyone has a unique story. And it's, I, I am very well aware that I'm very blessed. And I, and I have a story where most, it's mostly positive. But I know that that's, I'm not naive. And I know that that's not the case for a lot of people in America still today. So make sure that you're physically safe. You're not in danger. You have somewhere to go. You have somewhere to stay. And then speak your truth and be you. Because I, I do understand the weight of the burden of hiding part of your identity and hiding your sexuality. It can be really daunting and really gloomy and you know I had some dark days before I did come out and I didn't even realize it was because of that until years later when I did a lot of therapy and self-reflecting and I was like oh that's why I was mentally struggling so bad it was because I was hiding this entire part of me um and trying to be somebody that I wasn't and that can be very damaging so be open be who you want to be you know make no apologies for who you are I think sometimes when we're raised in certain households or in in certain environments, we are programmed to think that there's something wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with loving who you love um, as long as it's healthy and consensual. So um, yeah, I just say, do it when it's right for you.
0: That's awesome to hear. And I'm not surprised you, you've had nothing but love within the WWE because I think about Pat Patterson and everybody in he wasn't public but everybody knew pat was gay and no one everyone went to pat for advice and for help and was regarded as one of the greatest minds in professional wrestling and no one would then turn and be like oh pat by the way pat's gay because no in in wrestling and when you say a safe place in a locker room you're you're a team you're part of team wwe and it's the most accepting place and i'm so happy you get to experience that but as well as that you're again using your platform but telling others they're safe places as well
1: absolutely thanks to sonia deville of wwe as we celebrate pride month all month long thanks to all our guests that help us celebrate pride month thank you as always the busted open nation for being so loyal for listening and of course this is for something extremely important to us and important to you the nation and we appreciate it and please let us know how you feel about our shows make sure you comment and subscribe to the Busted Open Podcast Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network the executive producer is Paul Early the digital producer is Gabby Pisa. Andre Viola is the associate producer Marissa Rivas is the director of sports podcast special thanks the Senior Vice President of Sports and Podcasts, the legendary Steve Cohen.
9: Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. Next, give it to you. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that... That's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Next go, give it to you. Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Give up! Order now at accurate.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest
0: field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well.